messages that I've been sharing over Holy Week has been the dawn of a new day. And this morning specifically, I'm going to be sharing a message I've entitled, Now I See or Now I Understand. Uh, But before we get into today's message, uh, would you allow me just to review what's been shared this week? It'll only take a moment. And so I started off on Palm Sunday last Sunday as we entered into Holy Week with a message called Here Comes the Sun. And we took a page out of really an old poem uh, called The Dawn of a New Day. And it's a, it's a beautiful poem. And I just thought it was so appropriate for the subject matter about Jesus' suffering and his passion and his, his, his burial and his resurrection that I just borrowed it. And I looked up the word dawn and I found out that the word dawn has three different meanings. The first is the appearance of light. Secondly, it's the beginning of a new era. We've heard this phrase before, the dawn of a new civilization. And then the third meaning, which really has spiritual overtones to it, is the start of a new season or dispensation in the earth. The word dispensation is is a word that really describes God's timetable for history. That there's been different times or different dispensations in which God has revealed himself to humanity in many various and and marvelous ways. But it, it says unto us in Scripture in the day that we're living in that God has chosen this time or this dispensation to reveal himself to us through his son, Jesus Christ. And so uh, we were very aware that Jesus came with a purpose and with a mission from his father. And as we began to look at this subject matter, the dawn of a new day, We saw that as Jesus arrived in Jerusalem to celebrate the Feast of Passover, he was perfectly prepared, completely committed, and right on time to fulfill all that was recorded about him and uh, and that was written in the prophets and in the law, that he would offer his life as the Passover lamb to take away the sins of the world. But we also discovered that while Jesus entered into Jerusalem during the Passover feast and would become our Passover sacrifice for us, that no one understood it, not one individual outside of Jesus comprehended or saw or understood what was going on in that moment. And that transitioned us into our midweek service. And in the midweek service, we discovered that Jesus during the last week of his life, taught many important and valuable lessons as he tried to prepare his disciples for his necessary sufferings. But they didn't see or understand what he was sharing. They didn't comprehend it. They didn't see it. They didn't understand it. Therefore, they did what we do when we don't understand what God is doing in our life. We offer advice. Have you ever offered God advice? I have. If he would only do it my way, if he would, as I said on Wednesday, bend his ear towards earth, I could fill it with such wise counsel. And if he would only adhere to it, it would make my life so much more comfortable. Isn't that what we all desire is the comfort of life? And yet God, at times, chooses a path for us where we have to depend and rely and trust in him. Because if everything was easy peasy, you know, lemon squeezy, then we wouldn't really rely on him. Now, he doesn't make our road hard. He doesn't make it challenging or difficult. But what he does is 
He leaves opportunities in our life where we have to exercise our faith. And that's what we looked at on Wednesday night, that Jesus, during the last week of his life, taught some of the greatest lessons on faith that are recorded in Scripture. And this is what we discovered, is that when we hear the word of God, we marvel at his wisdom. And then it sort of silences our counsel. We're like, oh, yeah, yeah, your ways are higher than our ways. Your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Uh, yeah, I think you're, you're I, I really don't know what to say because what you said is better. So we marvel at the wisdom of God and then faith comes alive in our heart and we begin to gain confidence to speak to the mountains that we all encounter. Instead of just wanting our life to be comfortable, we become courageous. We have courageous faith. And instead of just putting up with the mountain, we command the mountain to be cast into the sea. We have our faith in Jesus Christ. And then the third truth that we learn on these lessons of faith is that faith believes it receives before the answer ever arrives, that we believe we receive when we pray, and then God will take care of the delivery. And we thank God for these lessons that Jesus gave us. And these are valuable truths that all of us who trust in him will need to put into practice in order to please him. Then on Friday, we were reminded that as Jesus was hanging on the cross, he said, it is finished. These are one of the last seven phrases of our Savior, which means mission accomplished. But those that were present didn't understand what he was really saying. What they heard potentially was, it's over. He's dead. They, they didn't correlate, it is finished with, it is fulfilled, mission accomplished, assignment completed. What they heard because of what they saw was, this is it. This is the end. And how do I know that? Because of the way they behaved. Huddled in fear for their own lives. Being concerned about their well-being. That's how they had to interpret it. But as we gather today, there's a message that's ongoing. And as a point of remembrance whether it was Jesus entering in to Jerusalem on Palm Sunday or what he taught during his passion or what he experienced at the cross, no one saw or understood the depth, the width, the length, the height of his sacrifice and of his love that he was displaying. We couldn't see until Sunday came. When Sunday came, Power came. Resurrection came. The power to do what? The power to remove the blinders. So that light can come in. We know that when the dawn comes, it's a brand new day. It's a brand new season. It's a brand new time in our life. Filled with new opportunities. And so it is spiritually. When the light of God's love and truth and grace breaks through, the darkness of our soul, then it's a brand new day, it's a brand new beginning, it's a brand new season and time in our life. And only God can do this. Only God can open the eyes that have been darkened by sin. Only God can enlighten the darkened soul. Only the dawn of a new day will bring hope for a new beginning. And that's what the resurrection does for everyone. Because sin blinds us but our 
resurrected Savior saves us. But we don't know we need saved until our eyes have been opened how lost we are. The moment you realize, and I realize, how lost we are, then being found becomes valuable. We begin to cry out. If you've ever been lost, let's say potentially, guys, you're just doing the guy thing. You're not asking for directions and you get lost. Well, it's a little frustrating. It's a little unnerving, but you really probably aren't going to ask for help until you realize how lost that you are. This took place for me years ago, and I was driving through what would be known as maybe a a very dangerous portion of the city of Houston. I, I was 18 years old. My dad handed me a map of the city of Houston and said, I'll see you in four or five hours. I, I was visiting him over the summer months in between my my senior year of high school and my freshman year of college. And so I got this road map, and, and, and as I drove around the city of Houston, I would get on and off the 610 loop, which encompassed the whole city. And it's a massive, massive geographical area. And so I made sure I had plenty of gas, but every now and then I would get adventuresome as a as an 18-year-old, and I got off the beaten path, and I got into a, a, a portion of the city that, you know, probably wasn't the safest portion of the city. And as a result of that, you know, I was a little disoriented. I was lost. I was a little concerned about where I was. And so uh, what I ended up doing was, you know, just getting back on the right path as quick as I could, getting back up on the 610 loop to where everything, you know, had a flow and it was familiar. And what I'm saying in that illustration is many of us have strayed. We're like and sheep. We get off the path. We get into places that we're uncomfortable, that are unfamiliar. We don't feel safe. You know, the territory is new. We're, the landmarks aren't the same. And here comes Jesus in that moment of our life when we don't see, when we don't understand, when we don't interpret things well. And it gets us back on the main road. And now we feel safe and we're part of the flow of life. And so it is, if a lost soul knows that it's lost, the good news is that you are now in a position to begin to see. And that's what I want to talk about with the remainder of the time that I have. Is that even though no one saw or understood the events, the teaching or the suffering of our Savior had to be fulfilled during his passion. His passion was to do the will of the Father. And this, this though, this hour of darkness was about to change. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 28, if you would please, it says, Now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, if you don't have that underlined in your Bible, I encourage you to do that, began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the woman, do not be afraid. I, I believe that that was really wise counsel. They just experienced Roman soldiers falling over in their midst. And they're wondering, are we next? <laughs> Is the life getting ready to leave us? And this angel said, no, don't be afraid. I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified, but he's not here for he has risen as he said. 
Come, see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, and indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples' word. And as they went to tell the disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, Rejoice. So they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go into Galilee, and there they will see me. I, I want to start off by by stating something maybe you've never considered or thought about before. Uh, maybe this is a, a familiar portion of Scripture that you've heard dozens of times around the Easter celebration, but there's a few interesting little caveats a few things that we need to ponder and consider here for a moment in light of now I see. Uh, I, I wondered at times why the stone was rolled away. It, it wasn't rolled away by the women as they went there with great intentions of continuing to anoint Jesus' body for his burial. The, the work wasn't complete because of Jesus' passing and it was, of course, the Sabbath, and so they couldn't complete their week, and they had to stop midstream. And so Joseph of Arimathea takes the body of, of Jesus, and he's a very wealthy man, and he, and he, has, a, he has a tomb that's hooned out in the, in the stone. And, and, uh, but there was this large stone that was rolled against, that was ro- rolled uh, over the burial place of Christ. But uh, we understand to a degree that the stone, the stone is not there, wasn't rolled away for Jesus' sake. Uh, you know, Jesus, after his resurrection, was could just walk through the stone. Why was the stone rolled away? The stone was rolled away for this simple reason, is so that we could go in. The stone wasn't rolled away for Jesus. It was rolled away for those he was resurrected for. That's us. And the first thing that the women encountered when they showed up was the stone had been removed. And then this angel appears and and tells them the story. So the reason that the stone was rolled away is so that you can I and I can have access to Jesus. We can begin to understand and see that he is alive, that he's not dead, that he's not wearing grave clothes, that he is risen He is risen indeed. The next portion is God dispels fear when he shows up. Of course, they had apprehensions, they had fears, they had concerns. And yet here comes the message of do not be afraid of good cheer. Jesus even announces that to those that he met as they were on their way to the disciples. And so the resurrection dispels fear because life swallows up death. And death is probably... People's number one concern while they're alive is the fear of death. But Jesus took care of death. He took care of all of the ramifications of death. And therefore, we don't need to be afraid. And he comes with the message of faith and of assurance and of love and of acceptance. And that's the message of the resurrection for each and every one of us. And then I I think it's also very wonderful to point out that in this portion of Scripture, that Jesus goes ahead of them. Uh, The angel gives the instruction, but Jesus is going to beat them 
to the place that they're going to gather, which tells us something about our Savior. He is a good shepherd, and he goes before the sheep. So first of all, what he did, he did for us. The stone was rolled away, not for him, so that we could have access. Secondly, when we encounter the good news of Jesus Christ, then fear loses its grip on our life, and we begin to understand that we're not designed for fear. We were designed for fellowship with God. We were designed to be in union with him, and that union breaks the power of fear. Whom should we fear? If God be for us, who can be against us? And God showed how much he was for us in the resurrection. And then he gives us instruction, but because he's with us always, even to the end of the age, he goes ahead of us and he prepares everybody so that when we show up as his straggling sheep, he's already got everything in place. So Jesus is not only the resurrected Savior, he is still the shepherd. He's the shepherd of our soul. He's the overseer of our soul. And so wherever he leads, wherever he guides, he is going ahead of us to make a way. He is the God who goes ahead of us. And so in our life and in the different seasons and in the different, you know, circumstances that we face, whether it's our own concerns about our mortality or the mortality of somebody else, our loved ones, whether it's personal grieving, which each and every one of these followers of Jesus was experiencing, a time of mourning and sadness, they they didn't understand, they didn't comprehend. Jesus comes to us and Jesus brings us hope and a future. That's what our Savior does. The resurrection is for every single individual. It's what causes the blind to see. Jesus is the resurrection. That's one of his great titles. It's not just something that he experienced. It's something that he is. And then when he's a part of your life, you experience him. So you experience resurrection. You experience a new life. You experience a new beginning. The Apostle Paul put it this way. Old things have passed away. Look or behold, all things have become new. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Indescribable sometimes with the human tongue, yet meant to be experienced with the human spirit. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. This person that we're celebrating today is Jesus Christ. We're not here to celebrate an event or an activity. We're here to celebrate a person. The person is Jesus. The life that he gives, the love that he shows us, the mercy that he displays towards us, the patience, the kindness, how he gathers us, those who scatter, he gathers us unto himself. He goes before us. Scripture says he calls us by name. All of these wonderful truths are sort of dark or shadowy to us until that day when the light of his love breaks through in our spirit, in our heart. And then we say what everyone else says who comes to know Jesus. Now I see. Now I understand. Now I understand what was written about the law and the prophets. Now I understand the importance of faith. Now I understand the suffering on the cross. Now I understand the resurrection. We don't understand until He comes 
with his resurrection power. He breaks the power of sin, demolishes death, and ushers in a brand new life for us. This is called grace. And grace definition is a very simple one. God's riches. That's what we get. But listen to the rest of it. At Christ's expense. He paid the note. We get to go free. Thanks be to God. Can you say amen? Amen. I want to finish by reminding you that our Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He brings things to our remembrance. He commissions us and goes with us. What's left to do but to obey? Trust and obey. There's no better way. That is the way. That is the path that he calls us on. And we can do that because now we see. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that it encouraged or inspired you to God's best. If you have any questions about today's message, need prayer, or would like to learn more about Living Word Fellowship, please call 641-828-7119 or visit us at lwfknoxville.com.